Hello and welcome to another episode of the Agile Pubcast. This time Paul and I stumbled across a pub called the Four Horsemen in Bournemouth which got us talking about cheery topics such as the end of days and the end of Agile before speculating on what the Four Horsemen of the Agileocalypse might be. Thankfully we turned our conversation to slightly cheerier topics such as our retirement plans, equality in Hollywood and some inspiring managers that we've come across in our careers and one in particular. Anyway, enjoy the episode, and thanks for all of your listens, comments, and generally love in 2018. It may be a new year, but it's the same old jingle. Play it, Paul. Evening, sir. Hello, Jeff. How are you doing, mate? Oh, good. Good. Chin chin. Oh, that's when I came in. That's when you were with your date Yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Where are we? We're in. This is Bournemouth. Well, yeah, Bournemouth, yeah. Yeah, we are. Bournemouth. This is a bit of probably our first, ah, not technically our first, maybe second or third podcast from this neck of the woods. Yeah. We've been down there before. But we're in a pub called The Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. This is called the Four Horsemen. Yeah. It's quite, would you say it's quite a rocky, yeah. gothic type feel to it? Yeah. Well, there's, there's some sort of heavy metal playing. Heavy metal. There's guitars on the wall. Yeah. Signed by BB King and the County. There's, there's animals' heads produced, protruding out of the wall. Oh, those, those, those. Quite, quite big. Yeah. They're real. That's some, some proper beasts. Snakes or crocodile skins on the wall as well. Yeah. And uh, I'm drinking, I'm drinking a beer called Trooper, which is Iron Maiden uh, inspired. Is it? Is that an Iron Maiden song or an album or something? Yeah, and the, the logo, they have the name. I don't know the, the name, but the, the that uh, sort of skeleton it's got, figure got a has name. a name. Is it? Is it no, it's got Jimmy. No, the, it's what got what a name. That 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 ca- character. That Maybe skeleton. we should look it up. But yeah, this is a, an ale. Uh, an Iron Maiden ale. What's it like? <coughs> yeah, it's heavy and metallic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, yeah, it's like a an amber, a heavy amber ale, I suppose, is what I would describe it. Ruby, ruby ale, the trooper. Yeah, but is what's the name of the? Eddie. Eddie. Yeah, they, they were quite well known for their stage shows, weren't they? They've yeah, got quite big a performance. Pyrotechnics and a big anim- anim- not animatronics. Yeah, I know, because I think that, that thing came... It did, yeah, it used yeah. to come to life. And you're drinking... I think it's called Rogue. Yeah. Is that your favourite X-Man woman? X, X-Woman. Oh, yes, Rogue, and of course Rogue's special power was... Her mutability? No. She could basically... T- any- no, anything... Anyone she touches, she assumed their power. Oh, that was her. That was the... Um... Played by Anna Paquin in the X-Men movies. Oh, was it? I thought it was... It's the... Um... Jennifer Lawrence. Didn't she play her? That was Mystique. Mystique. So, yeah. Wrong on many levels, yeah. But wasn't that the same kind of superpower, though, right? 
Well, you can assume the she could she, she could assume identity. Yeah. But but Rogue could take power from someone else. Music yeah. abilities from someone else. Oh, didn't take their appearance. So no. So she couldn't look like them. But, um, okay. So yeah. But that that has an X Man. Um, Realise that's an X Man film. There's a link. What is Apocalypse? Okay. Full Horse from the Apocalypse. Yeah. So um, X Men Apocalypse. X Men Apocalypse. Hmm. And, world coming to an end and of course the four um, the four horsemen of the apocalypse were well I, I don't know all of them but if this was a pub quiz <clears throat> war uh-huh. there's a man holding the back of a bus with a pair of roller skates on sorry I just got distracted <laughs> there is a man holding the back of a bus whilst on a pair of roller skates free I know wheeling it's, it's come off free ride um, war I would say yes is is there bing is what um, I'm looking on my phone because I don't famine know. I think that's another one hang on a minute yes something to do with disease or, or pestilence or um, plague or something like that hang on a minute page loading um, well that's no good hold the line for that They're all, they're all sort of podcast forms of. <laughs> we can cut this. Um, we um, they're all forms of death. I'm sure. Yeah. So war, you said. The war, famine, famine, and then like disease or plague or here, pestilence or death something like. is one of them, and conquests. See, I just said death. I'm surprised at that. Here. Oh no, I believe you. I'm just surprised. If I it's thought, on Wikipedia, it must be right. I thought death. They're all forms of death. Anyway, well, then it says, then it says con- on Wikipedia it says conquest, pestilence. Pestilence, there you go. Oh, it says conquest or pestilence, either or. Oh, so you can take your pick. Yeah. War, famine, and death. Oh, so that's not too bad then. Yeah, so you're pretty good. If it was a pub quiz, I'd give you half a point. Oh, harsh. <laughs> harsh. But I take it. Yeah. I so take your half point. In the film X Men Apocalypse, um, those four horsemen were placed by. Um, four different X-Men or no, not X-Men but four different mutants who were basically then at war with the X-Men okay in the comics they were played by various different people various different uh, characters at various different times okay well, well you've got that Wikipedia entry oh, yeah. give me a bit of an education so what why why did the four horsemen of the apocalypse arrive and what did they do well the four horsemen of the apocalypse this is just off the top of my head are described in the last book of the New Testament of the Bible, the book of Revelation, of course. Um, the chapter tells of a book of scrolling God's right hand that is sealed with seven seals. The Lamb of God opens the first four of the seven seals, which summons the four being one that ride out on, on red, red, black and pale horses. These four horsemen... What's the message? What's the message? Um, basically, they're... Um, the harbingers, harbingers of the last judgment. Okay. They're, they're going to bring death to the world. So, yeah, to me, that whenever I think of the, the term four horsemen and the apocalypse, it's we've, we've lost. Our last hope is gone. Yeah. All the end is of the gone. World. End of the world. Yeah. Um, and those, those horsemen, to me, were the signifiers of that. They were the, yes. the indicators that it was coming. Yes. The end was nigh. Okay. This is a stretch. So what would be, what would be the four horsemen of the agile apocalypse? Agile apocalypse. Easy for you to say. Agile apocalypse. What would be the signifiers that all hope is lost there? That's a good one. 
who would be riding those, or who or what would be riding those horses? Oh, would it be, um, all right, okay, let's go with that, let's go with that. Safe. Ten, ten years, oh, okay. Could be, no, no, you're joking, no, you joke, you joke, could be. Yeah. It could be, basically, maybe just they're all scaling methodologies above on, on horseback. Yeah. No, but I think it'll be something a lot more conceptual, like, um, uh, some would say certification could be but that's been around that's for a long around, time it's it still been growing still, so yeah it's not it'll be something around loss of faith or some some kind of um, maybe it'll be like a big project failure or a company that dies Spotify dying Spotify goes bust hmm or the ad, maybe when all 17 of the agile signatories all die oh that's dark <laughs> <laughs> no I don't I don't I, I don't think that I think because the message is uh, the message will carry on the message will carry on but um, I think so Ron Jeffries tweeted something the other day about he believes that something could be the end of agile I wish I could remember what it was now. So he was sort of predicting that, that something might happen, which or is happening now, that could be the end of our job. Jira. So, okay, all right, well, why not? Jira, seeing as we've, we've already had a bit of a dig at them. And in homage to our absent... Yeah, what was it? Once again, our absent friend, <laughs> Nigel Baker. He's too busy. He, he, he works for a living. Um, he would say Jira would be is, is one of the four. Well, tools generally. Okay, yeah. But then, let's, but let's then, get more generic, but then yeah. it could be. Could it be the something, the growth of tools? I mean, tools are still growing, but are they, are they ever going to have so much of an impact that they completely dissolve the movement? I don't know. They certainly slow it down. Yeah. So. Alright, so, because the war, death, um, no, yeah, war, death, pestilence, they're all sort of concepts in a way, aren't they? They're, they're, they're things rather than actual specifics. So, tools could be. I wonder if it would be, be the antithesis of the, the, the right hand oh, side of the manifesto. Yeah, 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 okay, so. Contracts. Hmm. It's a bit of a get out. It is a bit. Yes. Would it say tools? What's the another one? Safe scaling. Mm. Yeah. Scaling could be the end of it. Yeah. In a, in a in a contrary way that if people become if, if people start to believe that scaling will never work, that could be the death of it. That could be that could be agile confined to small companies. Cycle time. Go on. Cycle time could be the death of agile. How do you mean? Go on, tell me. By just focusing on getting things to market quicker and quicker and quicker, we're losing. What you'll burn people out. Well, no, because you could still get things to market quicker and quicker at a sustainable pace if your velocity is increasing organically. But if you're just focusing on getting things out quicker, getting more stuff through the pipe, you're not innovating. You're not actually problem solving. You're not learning. Uh, you're just getting better at what you already know. And in the wrong context, where you don't know the answer if you're pretending you do know the answer and just getting more efficient at it you're just going to get quicker at building the wrong thing mm -hmm. so I think the, the over emphasis on efficiency metrics could be the death of agile measuring things okay yeah I'll buy that metrics so bigger than cycle time I like that so metrics scaling tools tools can we find one more 
Mm. Terminology? That's a bit broader, isn't it? Vocabulary. Do you know what I mean by that? MVP. <laughs> ego. Go on, ego. Ego. All right. Ego is the fourth. So ego... Well, in terms of a lack of humility. Yeah. And one of, one of the quotes I really like, it's amazing what you can accomplish if, you, if no one cares who takes the credit. So within Agile, there's been Agile wars for years, hasn't it? You know, CSM, PSM, Scrum, Kanban, all these, these wars about I'm right, you're wrong, I'm better than you're. That kind of ego. But also ego in a leadership level, the, the ability to admit that you don't know the answer, the ability to ask for help. That's required for Agile to succeed. If, if ego is too strong, we won't succeed. Mm-hmm. Ego drives certainty. Ego drives control. Ego shuts people down. Ego stops people listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. There's my four horsemen. So of let's the rename them. This, this could be. You could, this could be like a a, a a vision you've had in the, in this year, which is 2019. Yeah. That this, if it all ends. And you've predicted the future. That you heard it here first, listeners. Just yeah. repeat those for us, Jeff. So, scaling, tools, metrics, and ego. There you go. Those are the those are the four things that Jeff Watts, here and now, predicts will be the downfall, the eventual harbingers of the downfall of the agile movement. <laughs> and the world. And the world, possibly. And certainly our jobs. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll be unemployed, so if um, we we'll start decorating our CVs now, we might be just in time. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't find a plumber. That's, that's what I should go back and train to become. Always going to need the world's always going to need plumbers, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. And hairdressers. Inspect and adapt plumbing services coming Maybe to a town a... near you. Have you thought about what you know? If if you weren't doing this, if you if you were going to have a complete tangent, a complete. If you wanted complete anonymity, that nobody knew what you did and who you were, what would you what would you do? You I do to... want anonymity. I know you do. I don't. Yeah. Well, what so... would you do? What would you choose to do where nobody could recognise Jeff Watts, author, best-selling, <laughs> best-selling author Jeff People Watts? People don't recognise me. The um, I'm lucky because part of my job is is nothing to do with that job. Yes. Um, be, to be brutally honest, it's the part of my job I enjoy the most. Uh-huh. It's, it's the one-to-one coaching. It's the helping people behind the scenes. Do you think you would carry on doing that even if you didn't have the Agile background? Yeah. I did it before my Agile background and I think it would be the thing that I carried on doing afterwards. I d- the, there's a, a TV show that you don't watch because you don't watch TV, but it's called Billions. Oh. Um, You've told me about that before. Yeah. Is it a Sky? Is it a Sky? Sky Atlantic. It's That's right. Paul Giamatti. That's right. And um, Damien Lewis. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's a, a lady in it called... Her character's name is Wendy Rhodes. And there's some aspects of her job that I just would despise, but in many ways, her job is exactly the kind of job that I would do full-time I've had the opportunity because what she does is nothing to do with the domain she doesn't so the, the job is making is financial services it's trading she's not a trader but she she understands the psychology of the people she can get them into the right frame of mind to be their best and that's that's what I do a lot of outside of the agile world and it's where I get the most the buzz fulfillment um, so yeah if agile died a death that wouldn't bother me in that sense because 
that's not the bit of my job that I like the most. Yeah. I always, I was always drawn into agile because of circumstance um, and the fact that it resonated with my philosophy and view of human nature and things was a good thing. Mm. <clears throat> but yeah, how about you? Um, I, I detached myself completely from my I would like to do something completely Well, so I've kind of got my retirement plan laid out. Okay. So um, when, a, when the Agile thing stops, I'd uh, like to do some rugby refereeing. That's what I'd like to be like. A, I'd like to be a highly decorated rugby referee. Okay. That's what I'd like to do. Uh, or coaching, or rugby coaching. I suppose it's for coaching still close. Uh, if that doesn't take off, I'm, I'd like to go into mobile DJing. Okay. <laughs> Don't laugh. Um, because, you know, I think I could hold a group of people on a dance floor with some fairly terrible 80s... Is that still a thing now, DJs? Or is well, it not it's, automated it, but it's, it's, playlists, it is, Spotify? And it's easier. It's more accessible because a lot of it's electronic. The mixing element is. So as long as you can know what tunes to stick next to each other I think you, I think anyone can do it with a fair degree of success I'm saying isn't a computer better at that now yeah but you've still got to know what songs to play next but I'm saying isn't and a computer better at that maybe now? because they can see algorithms and they know how many they've got and there's enough data points but they can't see how many people on the dance floor they can't assess musical taste sure. can't they well can they real time feedback loops sensors on the dance floor oh come on Jeff wow wow really it's the way the world's going isn't it <laughs> automation robots are going to take the world over sorry I didn't want to poo poo your retirement plans wow. yeah, mobile DJ and ref- so, and if that, my third option yeah. is uh, movie and TV extra work so, so you've said this before and I've said this to you before why are you limiting yourself to just extra work why, why not set your sights higher well, I mean, I'm hoping that there might be a stepping stone to something bigger. So then you set yourself that goal. But then, and if you, if you end but up I imagine, extra, I'm hoping that, that by that time, I'll be in my 60s, 70s, and I won't need to. Luckily. But this isn't about need. You're talking about what you want to do. Yeah, if I could drop it all now, I'd be a Hollywood, I'd be a Hollywood film Even star. Even if they paid you nothing? Yeah. yeah. You'd do nothing. So it's not about need. No. Um, see... Unfortunately, we live in a world where, actually, you being 60 years old as a male actor is not a problem. No. But Hollywood being Hollywood, a 60-year-old woman is going to struggle a lot more for roles mm. than a 60-year-old man. Mm, true. So, that's not as much of a barrier for you as perhaps it should be. Because no, no, you will age well. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> you're, you're, you already look 60, so... yeah. So it's not going to make any difference no. by the time I get there. No. That's true. Yeah, some people stay looking young when they get old. You looked old prematurely and so I've you're going to stick that way. I'll go... I was with my dad last weekend and um, my father has gone... He's got all his hair, my dad. And um, he's gone just... And he will go probably shock white, like proper yeah. white. And I can see that's the way... Well, you're halfway there. I've already got a lot, of, said. a lot of um, greyness and salt and pepper, as they say, in the insides. So I think it's an air of distinguishedness yeah. to my uh, persona. Isn't that what our... Especially in your beard. Our old, yeah, a little bit just around the edges of the chin. Didn't um, our old boss say that to you? Yeah. At one point, it said, I was basically putting you back in your box. Yeah, so basically, yeah. But no matter what, no matter how good you are, Jeff, you're going to have grey hair. 
so I'm gonna listen to you. Yeah, and it's and you look too young. Yeah. And but he was wrong. As 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 wrong. Yeah, he was he was very wrong. But um. Yeah, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to hold you back. No. That's an interesting, interesting leap here. Actually, this is a bit of a segue into drivers. So having a conversation with a group of people a while ago and about teams and individuals and motivators and things, and um, how at one level we're all the same. Yeah. Because there are some fundamental things that all human beings need. Yeah. And cr- and crave and, and are motivated by. Um, but at another level, we're all different. <clears throat> And you know, we all have different preferences and peculiarities and interests, and that's what makes life interesting. But the um, the, the specific conversation that we were having there was one of the things that's always been a driver for me is when people have said you can't do something, and I've always been driven to prove them wrong, even if it's not something I want to do. I want to prove them wrong. And we were talking about, uh, I was talking to, the, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a lady in a, in a team, and she said, once she's <coughs> said she's going to do something, she will make sure she does it. Mm-hmm. And the number of times she's got herself into a pickle because she's been out drinking and said, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do that. Yeah. So the only reason I ran a marathon was because I got drunk once and started running. Really? And she ended up doing it. She won't go back on her word. She wouldn't go back on her word. People motivated by different things like that. And I, I got my degree in a subject that I didn't want to do simply because I was told that I couldn't do it. You wanted to stick two fingers up to the people that said yeah. you couldn't do it. Yeah. And you know when my old boss says, "Yeah, you're too young to do this," this is really wrong. So that's a challenge. Yeah. Do you think maybe at the time, do you think let's call him Dennis because that's his name? Um, do you think he knew that, or do you think he was he was unaware that you, that would be a he knew how to motivate you, or do you think that was by accident? I think Den was one of the people that knew me the best. Yeah. Um, and. I do. I wouldn't consider that manipulation. Mm. Some people might. Um, in that specific situation, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Because um, I genuinely think he wanted a job. <laughs> <laughs> he saw but, uh, a threat. That's what it was. No, no, no. He saw me as a way out. Oh, right, okay. He wanted to leave BT and come and work with me. Okay. But um, <clears throat> no, there was. Uh, yeah, he, he was pretty good at knowing what made people tick. And I think that's a good sign of a, of a good leader. They get to know their people well enough to know what makes them tick as well as, and sometimes better, than they know themselves. Sports coaches, that's a classic example, isn't it? You know, you, some people need their arm put around them, some people need a, a rocket put up their arse. And that's what, that, that's just people. I mean, I, we tried to, we didn't try and simplify it, but... In, in one of the chapters of the coach's case but Kim and I we talked about motivators being either towards or away from uh, so either you're, you're motivated towards the idea of achieving something or you're motivated away from the idea of failure yeah. and if you think about it quite simplistically people will typically fall into one of those two boxes as your primary driver uh, and obviously it's a lot more nuanced and intricate than that in circumstances but that's, that's a good, good place to start uh, people motivated by the idea of actually getting this carrot or, or achieving this goal or are they more worried about being left behind or failing mm. Mm. 
and whatever gets you out of bed, whatever gets your fire burning, whatever gets your energies going, tap into that. Mm. The more you understand yourself, the more you can self-motivate because you can reframe things. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of that, I think, even if you, if you had Dan here now, I don't think he was... I just think he had a good instinct, I don't think. And... Um, you probably put Nigel here and you probably disagree, but um, I just think he had a, whether he knew it or not, he had a fairly good read on people. Yeah. And he had a fairly good understanding of how people function on a human level. Yeah. <clears throat> and I just, again, I can only speak from my, my experience with the guy. And again, Nigel might, 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 be, might, might see things differently. But I, I instantly trusted Dan. Did you? And I'm not someone that trusts easily. Um, and we get a lot of questions about trust. What? So what? Just hold that. Do you know why you instantly trusted him? Can you can you put your finger on it? This is where I'm going with it because I get asked a lot about trust, and I genuinely believe that Den wanted me to be successful. Yeah. For my benefit. I'm not going to go so far as to say at his expense. I don't think he wanted me to be successful even if it meant him not being successful. But it wasn't about him using me for him to be successful. No. He genuinely wanted me to be successful. So I'll add to that and I'll make a bit of a, a leap. I'm pretty sure Dan doesn't listen to this podcast. But... Um, I think he saw an element of himself in you. Possible. And I think that maybe he's, he, he gave you that little bit more of a push, of a, invested a little bit more in you because he saw them. Maybe it was himself, maybe it was just potential. Maybe it's just he had a, you know, a, a, an eye for potential leadership. But I also think that maybe he saw he he took and he did with me to a degree as well that he he saw an element of potential that he took took us both under his wing and gave us a lot more opportunity and guidance along the way. Yeah. But never held us back. And that's, that's a great a great skill to have as a leader. Mm. He wouldn't know that, and he would he was his own worst critic, you know. And, and, but he he didn't, and he wouldn't realise that that he was doing it even now. Yeah. Right, so I think that I don't know what I don't know how you class what I described there. Some some better, <clears throat> maybe genuine. Like maybe that's not altruistic, but I don't know something something in that ballpark. And I I'd, I'd say his. I'm going to try and really solidify. Uh, drill is that so humbly wise I would say mm. he had a lot of wisdom but it was never in a I know what I'm doing listen to me kind of way mm. it was oh, I've got a story to share take it if you want ignore it if you want mm. um, and that kind of again sits well with me because of my sort of independent streak <laughs> he gave a lot of comfort in that in the circumstances we were in, big company, this is British Telecom, so big company, a lot of people, Den knew a lot of people. Yeah. He knew how 
He knew how the system worked. He knew the system. Yeah. He knew he knew what possible outcomes were as well as possible benefits. Well, he, he was a good barometer of, of the organisation. So to have him there and either saying, oh, that's probably a good idea, or I probably wouldn't do that, was a good safety net for someone learning around, learning the ropes about how, how far we should push this stuff. You've just built on that idea for me. Um, what I thought he did well, and, and just sort of possibly more with me than other people, yeah. is that he would happily say, look Jeff, I've been here for 30 years, I know how this thing works, this is what will happen. But equally, when I said, but it doesn't have to, he'd be open to that. Yeah. Some people would say, no Jeff, you don't know what you're talking about. He'd be in naive, shut, you down, shut up. Yeah. This is how it always works. You're wrong. But he was willing to entertain my naivety, my, my challenge. Even though he'd seen so many, so much evidence to the contrary, he was open to me challenging that. And I think that that's something that just got a lot of respect from me. Because then that allowed me to take his wisdom into account without trying to have to prove him wrong just for the sake of it. So it probably, probably meant me avoiding a few battles that I didn't, didn't need to lose. But he also, I knew that he had, in one particular instance, he absolutely had my back. He would back me up 100%. He'd never leave me out in the cold. Yeah. And when I was getting grief one particular time, he was my retreat yeah. that I went to. I can remember where I was, where I rang him and said, I need some help right now, Dave. Yeah. I'm struggling. You know, I'm drowning. Give me a hand. And he was, on Monday morning, he was right there. So. Good boss. Let's drink to drink to drink to him. Yeah. Cheers, Den. If you do, if you are listening, Den, um, welcome to the podcast. This is this is where it's gone these days. But no, I, I saw so to give an end to that story. I saw it saw Den purely by accident last year in um, at Wembley Stadium, Exeter City versus Coventry City, the um, the playoff final. Um, Unfortunately for him, Coventry were on the winning side. Unfortunately for me, Coventry were on the winning side of the scoreline that day. But um, and he was just the same. He was like, I gave him a big hug, and he was like, it's like we we've come out of work, you know, the last, yeah. Yeah, that that day. It was so fair play, good guy, one of the good guys. And he probably doesn't realise it, but he's made a big impression, yeah. a lasting impression. That's quite, a, that's quite a meander, wasn't it? It's good. From the whole, four horsemen of the apocalypse <laughs> to the, den- end of, the end of agility and the end of the world. <laughs> to good old Den. <laughs> yeah. No, good on him. But yeah, we went through hopelessness and pestilence through to trust and authenticity and listening. and. Yeah. So we've had a lot of, um, just to kind of wrap it up, it's nice to know that I think there are people listening out there so, so thank you to people that are listening I've had a lot of comments just direct personal people that I've met that are yeah. now listening to the podcast and are enjoying it they're enjoying the um, they enjoy the meander they enjoy the the uh, the trade off mm. the bounce of the rapport that, that, that we're bringing so while people are still listening so thank you um, we'll keep recording these yeah it was a good year wasn't it 2018 we got established <coughs> yeah, it's nice to know that you're doing something and people it's, it's valuable to people so we'll carry on doing it so please just to remind you 
Um, send in your questions, your topics, your anything. We'll answer pretty much anything within limits, within boundaries. But um, are there limits? <laughs> we haven't so hit yet. It's at the Agile Podcast. Um, if you want to send us a question, or uh, tweet us. Jeff C. Watts, Paul K. Goddard. We'd love to hear what you um, what you think. Just give us a little, you know, virtual thank you, and then we'll um, try and get some new questions in. Yeah. See you later. And have a good 2019. It's all right.